So glad you got one sparked up. I want to tell the oh, folks yeah. about, uh, yeah, I'm rolling some up right now too. I want to tell the folks about the first time we met my first interaction with you. So I was at grown ends, um, 420 event and I sat down behind you and I just saw your, your shoes. They were Crocs with weed leaves on them. And then I went up and I looked at your pants. They had weed leaves on them. And then your jacket had weed leaves and maybe you even had a hat. I don't know. Um, but I said, dude, cause I saw the Crocs first. I was like, dude, the weed Crocs. And you turned around to me, looked me in the eyes and said, I'm not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> and I just died laughing. dude. <laughs> it was so fucking hilarious. And so, um, Oh my God. That's how I met you, Josh. Um, wow. But this is uh, the first time I've had you on the show. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience I know I just got you at a bad time. You just hit the joint, but um, go ahead when you're ready. <laughs> it's all about finding the peace during the storm when you're when you're coughing up. That's right. Um, no, dude, I remember that day clearly, and 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 it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, on my end, I was used to being around an 1871 type of environment. You know the 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 pitch day. It, it, it's it's something that I'm I'm super familiar with. My background is in entrepreneurship, technology, and startups and stuff. And 1871 and the Merchandise Mart uh, is a place where uh, a lot of that takes place. But I I remember when you asked me that, you know, uh, I didn't even think twice because I knew what I wanted to wear that day. I knew that if I was going to be pitching to one of the heaviest regulated states in the country. Uh, the idea of decorative cannabis, you know, like, like, can I please just, just, just have this in my window, please, please, you know, um, that, that I would need to come in style and, and, uh, and hit that home run. And I'm really excited that you were, you were even there because I've, I've been listening to your podcast to educate myself I don't even remember how long now, a little over a year now, I think. Uh, and uh, the idea being, I was new to growing when the pandemic hit. I understood cannabis as much as any other smoker, right? Um, uncles grew, saw it when I was a kid a little bit. But when that pandemic hit, it was like, oh, geez, you know, here's this opportunity to just really dive down into this stuff and... Uh, there weren't and there still are not a lot of resources for real education of what's happening and, and informed stuff, not just folks sitting around smoking, we get high. It's like real information. So you know, I really appreciate the podcast uh, for a minute now. And, and it was exciting to have you in the room because the first thing I thought was like, Oh man, this dude talks about like the law and shit like that all the time. Like this yep. is going to totally be the kind of guy that I, that, that I would want here fuck investors you know what i'm saying like uh they won't get it uh they'll only see it when we're making money but you i was excited about because to me i don't even want to talk about me i want to talk about even like the idea of this business because it, it's it's it doesn't exist 
right? So the idea of decorative cannabis of like me selling this at a florist doesn't exist. You're muted. Really quick, folks that are listening, you need to watch the video version of this podcast. This is what's so special about this particular episode. I just have to say, because you've shown the, the, the decorative cannabis plant twice now. Ah, uh, yes. I, I've so, held up this, uh, it's, it's a double, it's a double plant in a nine inch bonsai pot. Um, and it's two, two plants, double plant. Uh, one of them is a Jack Herrera autoflower. And the other one is a purple Kush autoflower for one of them for fast buds. I don't remember this, the second one, but it's stunted. And it, it, it has this like really unique pattern. Cause I just like brought it down trimmed the bottom i gotta return it again and just let these little tiny little colas like go up to the top and i'm not gonna smoke that i've learned a hell a lot about these plants though just just by looking and, and caring about this one and i think that that's what this is about really versus even the medicinal qualities of it or anything like that i think if we can just start to look at the plant as a plant uh, folks you're gonna get it let me put oh, it yeah. next to your Hell yeah, dude. And uh, I can see why with that said, I can see why you may have been excited to to meet me because I love I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. We should be treating cannabis like tomatoes. You should be able to just have them growing in your window, like you said. So I love it. And, and we already have cannabis cups and things like that. And and uh, I've never been to one, but I've watched videos. I've watched as much as I can. Like, you know, like a hungry kid who wants to be a part of the industry, <laughs> you know, and and when I see the judging, they're like looking at the nugs and, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about the size and they're talking about it, you know, from an agricultural perspective, too, and a botany, a botany standpoint, too. And I'm like, wait, 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 where's the decorative version? Like, where's the the actual plant plant? They're judging dead flowers. That's dope as shit. But where's the other part? And right that's it that's the mission interesting that's the mission i think if we just do that now even even if it's on a on a competitive level it'll be a lot of fun uh, but a lot of folks don't know that they can literally all right in illinois if you have a medical you can grow five plants but what a lot of people don't know is that means five mature flowering plants and also five immature plant so right now behind me is my next run for vegetables um back there and it's in the vegetative stage there's my five so i keep the equivalent five in auto flowering experiments while i'm going everybody should do that <laughs> you know where you don't even have to worry about is do you have a grow room? Is it right? No, man. If you can grow a house plant, just just try it. Just give it a shot. It'll change your life. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. change everything. So especially if you just approach it with low expectations. You know what I mean? Like if you're just like, hey, this is just gonna be decorative. I'm not banking right. on smoking this. Because if you set it up like that, yeah, you have a chance to be upset. <laughs> you know? Co correct. If you're thinking about the product which I mean, most people are going to immediately think about it from that perspective. And that's fine. This is kind of like the idea behind it. But over time, 
Um, there are plants that I'm growing on this side that I do not smoke, right? I want to see what happens to them. I want to test it way, way later, 60 days, you know, when the trichomes are all like, you know, super brown or purple, like what, what does it measure, you know, and, I, and eventually have a lab where I can see the different breakdowns of what's happening molecularly, right? Uh, and all towards learning more about the plant from that perspective, and then also designing strains specifically for decorative, right? Like, um, if you take like the uh, the creeping cannabis, right, the one that falls to the ground and reroots, um, uh, imagine that idea trying to teach a cannabis plant how to vine, right? Like if if we are allowed to explore these things from a decorative perspective or an mental perspective, mm-hmm. which is a well-defined industry. And, and, and the first thing that I'm approached about uh, immediately is, Hey, can you bring these to events? <laughs> I was like, sure. For, you know, uh, I, I'll bring myself to the event. If you cater me over there and, you know, pay me a, a couple bucks to be there. Plus the plants, you know, the caretake, the caretake, um, <laughs> events and all that stuff it's just so much you can do with it but anyway i'm right yeah i love it though yeah and that's another thing that people don't know about the law by the way is there is a a reference i can pull up the law um about the idea of a, a temporary agent i believe they call it which is not something that's clearly defined uh so i do pe- do urge people to uh proceed with caution, but I will say right. that, um, let me here. I'm just going to, I'm doing a control F in the CRTA temporary. If you search up temporary, there are 12 matches. And if you go to the, well, it's really down there. Um, hold on a second. I'll find it here in a moment. But the, the point is, is that it does say that a registered agent can, um, go to a patient's home and tend to their plants for quote uh, temporary periods of time or short periods of time. Very vague. So look at, I think it's vague. I think it's vague on purpose, right? Like what is that? Right. We're all They would be trying to define it while it's happening. And I think that the time has kind of arrived to, to really hit hard on that because that's part of what I want to do. I want to create a network of local growers um, that can be that designated grower, the, that that caretaker, sure. and and even build it in a way that favors regulation, right? So if if if, if you're if you're me, right, and I want to take care of uh, uh, at least in my neighborhood, I'm pretty sure I could find ten medical holders, you know, um, uh, with with more than enough space. Uh, to grow a little bit of their supply. Right. Uh, so check this out. And- I found it in the law. Sorry to cut you off. That's um, no, that's good. Uh, so really quick, let's talk about the part that I was talking about. Cannabis plants may only be tended by registered qualifying patients who reside at the residence or their authorized agent attending to the residence for brief periods, such as when the qualifying patient is temporarily away from the residence. So that is very vague. I don't believe they even define authorized agent because it's funny. Right. Like the, that's not a term 
that I've ever heard used with regard to patients. What you will hear used is caregivers. And there's like a, a legitimate process you can go through to register somebody as your caregiver. You pay, you know, you pay, they get a card and everything. And they then they're able to, to well, they get a card, they get a caregiver card, and then they can go to a dispensary and pick up on your behalf. Um, then they can also get a medical card, like you're saying, and I've heard most do so that they can get their own and then pick up on behalf of the other person. You know what I'm saying? Um, but really right, quick, right. I did want to say, and I wanted to, this is kind of one of the ways I wanted to go with you. I was curious how your business model works or your idea. Um, th- so I, as I understand it, the, the law, and I'm reading it right now, is a limit of five plants that are more than five inches tall. Now, with that said, the farm bill really opened up things because technically speaking, those plants behind you that are just in veg, I would say are hemp because they have less than 0.3% THC. They're not cannabis, even though, of course, they're the same fucking plant. We know that, right? Well, right, right. But they want to sign it up. Let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I was curious. So I didn't mean to get into the, the actual language of the law, but since we were talking about the idea of people tending to plants, I wanted to make sure I got that right. Um, but I'm curious. Yeah. Is the, the decorative plants like, do you have, do you have to try to, or is that something you're considering seeking out like CBD only plants so that technically you could be like, Hey, that's not cannabis in my window. That's hemp, (laughs) you know? I mean, I mean the, the ones that I grow in my window, right. Are Uh CBD. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Because I would imagine the farm bill protects that. And at least a good lawyer would make the argument and the whole argument would go away. It's like, wait, 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 <laughs> do, we, do we really want to do this over a plant through the window that was like literally, you know, seven inches tall? Like, really, are we going to do this? And and part of this, man, is is welcoming the challenge, right? Um, I think what I was inspired most by during Gronin's uh, Cannabis Innovation Summit was, and, and, and all the events preceding that, because this is, a lot of this is like my, real entry into what is Illinois cannabis industry and the people behind it. And it's just so many stories, so many amazing things going on right now. So it's, it's the people who took the bullet, man. It's the people who like fucking said, this is worth it. This is absolutely worth it. For me, my legacy, my family, the country, the economy, whatever this is, to take this bullet, to go to jail, to get sued, to whatever, because uh, we were smart enough to know that we'd outlast that and that the sentiment we felt from the people we were sharing this with on a daily basis, we knew they'd back us. I saw that. So I was like, I was, I, I go even heavier in now to... Uh, especially with the resources that are at our disposal. Like that's, what's awesome about, um, I guess, entrepreneurship in Illinois, you know, the, like uh, 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 Gronin's Burnham plan, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's this head on approach to, Hey, we're out here saying you guys want to make money or what, you know, you want to do this right or what you want people to be happy or what you want people to vote for you or what, like we're out here together working on these things without 
the blurred lines that used to exist, dude. And, and you can feel the shift. So it really is just about making these groups come together and have these conversations uh, uh, to, 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 to force these things forward, starting with the social equity part of things, which to me is like, you know, first regulated and as crazy and as amazing as Illinois is from the cannabis success story. They were set up to succeed on a whole different level for something that could have been even more important to make them money and they're fumbling. So I'd like to see that happen first and, and add myself, you know, to that cry with this concept, you know, you, you have muted on me though. Thank you. Thank you. I I try to keep myself muted so that, that I don't accidentally cut you off. Um, But since you had completed your thought, I wanted to jump in. I love what you just said, because I think what you're doing goes further in addressing the issue of social equity um, than the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, because what you're sounds like you're practicing is civil disobedience, and you're saying push it, like put push push it, because like why not? What's the problem? And there's really no problem, and I totally agree. And you actually just inspired me. I'm doing it right now. So if folks want to see when we were recording this podcast, I'm typed up this tweet earlier today and it has nothing to do with what we were just talking about, but sort of, um, and I, you just inspired me to post it. Um, and we'll see what happens with it. So I'll read the tweet. (laughs) Um, so basically I said, let's stand up against unnecessary rules through civil disobedience. This is not legal advice, by the way. Um, (laughs) who's up for, right. Who's up for joining me in an open cannabis session in public. Now, again, this is a little bit different than cultivation and the line you're pushing, but I think it's time we demand equal treatment and the right to smoke cannabis just as we're allowed to smoke cigarettes in public. And just an honest question for people listening and people out there, if we did something like this, would you join me in advocating for cannabis rights? I think it's important, like you just said, and we can get back to the point you started it with. My apologies for the divergence, but you see how I tied the two together. Um, I think it's important we confront and challenge the existing disparities within our society. So I love what you're doing. It's the only way you're going to know what people really think is, will they stand up for you? Will they stand with you? Right. And in this case, you don't even have to smoke weed. You don't have to smoke weed (laughs) at all. Just, just grow it. Just grow it. Grow it for somebody that loves weed. Grow it for yourself. Grow it for the environment. So I learned uh, a lot of things about this plant along the way. Uh, during the pitch I gave in 1871, uh, there was somebody in the audience that po- pointed out that I didn't point out that this helps neutralize carbon emissions, right? So it, it does extra work uh, versus other plants and other things that you might be doing. Um, and it's one of the most efficient plants at doing that. Um, and hopefully through what research, like people like myself, and I can't say that like, uh, in Illinois, I I don't know anybody else yet, but I do know that there's folks like right now that are crushing this concept. Uh, there's a, a, a guy named Cannabons Imani on Instagram who, who just makes some really beautiful stuff. He's got a kit that you can buy even, and his, he's got a lot of educational material around it too um and that and 
but but really where this came from uh, is is Jeffrey Lowenthal, uh, the uh, uh, guy who wrote uh, uh, Teeming with Microbes, Teeming with Fungi, Teeming with Nutrients. And I think he's running for senator in Alaska or something or in a house or something. Um, he, I heard a, a, a speech that he gave about autoflower like at the turn of 2000, like really early. And talked about how it was going to revolutionize the whole industry. And I think that people were disappointed by autoflower from an industrial perspective until the genetics got crazy good. You know, like, like what, like 40 generations in, like these things are beasts. Uh, if if right. you find good ones, but the idea of grandma just growing it just cause, uh, it's beautiful and it does things that they like. I mean, if if, if you look at the typical houseplant growers obsessed with orchids, right? It's because of its expressions, the uniqueness of it, like the the care is both particular but easy to like uh you know uh, easy to learn hard to master right and 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 so is autoflower ruderalis officer it's a ruderalis it's not a it's not a cannabis it's right. not cannabis el sativa oh, sir <laughs> we, <laughs> we could discuss this but you know what i mean yeah and, and it, it's gonna it's 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 gonna open up a whole new window to to what is possible with this thing um and I think by next, by the turn of next, the next decade, like, you know, 2040, um, we've got varieties we couldn't even dream about. Uh, we've got tricks and tips that, you know, the, the cultivation industry alone can't figure out because they're, they're going towards a product, right? Uh, versus just really kind of discovering what this is in mass not just a few select growers a few oldies uh you know uh doing one w small pots and stuff like that uh it's such a small base of knowledge right now and all of it's undocumented <laughs> you know mm -hmm. uh when, when you look for information about seeds yeah there's some folks who, who try to do a, a good job but wow yeah i, I think what this plant expresses and and what information is out there? No, we're not doing the work yet. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot more, a lot more. Yeah. So hopefully decorative grow can help people do that. And I think, I mean, you've kind of already touched on this, but I just wanted to dwell on it a little bit further. And I, I was looking for something that I did in the past, just as a little science experiment. I literally just, cause I cultivate cannabis at home, uh, was just smoking on some of my homegrown cannabis and, nice. um, uh, one time I just decided, well, I've got this seed. So I start all my seeds in a solo cup and then I transfer them like to a bigger pot as a, you know, when they're ready. Um, some people prefer to just plant in the final pot. I don't know why I do it the way I do it, but it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's kind of my approach. But anyways, um, I just decided I had enough plants go going and I just wanted to see what would happen if I kept it in the solo cup for its entire life. And I'm trying to find it right now, but it was just crazy to see. And I think this is what your approach goes, just like how simple it is. And it was very effective when I would show it to people who had never seen cannabis grown before. I was like, I literally grew this in a solo cup. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's not rocket science. I just poured water into it. 
I didn't add any nutrient. Like I usually use nutrients for, for my plants, but for this science experiment, I just poured water into it. You know, what was, what was the, what was the media? Uh, soil, soil, like or- organic blend, um, ocean forest. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's beginning to end. It should have the nutrients readily available for a growing plant. I know that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's really about the water. So the water's delivering the nutrients down to, to the roots to do the, the eating. But the hard thing there would be to maintain a biome, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were watering it, what, twice a day at, at, at yeah. the end there mm-hmm. when, when it's really thirsty? Yeah. <laughs> Sucking up water. Wow. That's a labor of love. It was. That's for sure. Well, it it's was a during trend. The, I've seen it. It was during the pandemic, so I had enough time. It was similar to you. I had time to fuck around, you know? So. The benefits, I guess, of that time were a lot of people rediscovered being hands-on, right? Um, man, I, I did cannabis, sourdough, uh, ramen, <laughs> Like, I just what what whatever whatever I could master, I, I that that needed a lot of time. I thought this was the perfect time for it. So yeah, um, but Shut this up. one stuck. This one stuck hard. I've got a few I mean, pictures I, I just I found that that might be funny to to look at now. I didn't find the yes. solo cup one I wanted to show, but just a few homegrown ones I think you'll appreciate. This first one is for a comparison between my homegrown and something that we had just picked up from the dispensary on the right is something we just picked up from the dispensary on the left is my homegrown. And that was my first crop ever, by the way. Uh, Right. It changes your perspective on what good product is, doesn't it? uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I don't know shit. And that was my first product and it, I'm not saying it was better. I'm not saying it was more, I mean, I enjoyed it more. There was something about it, you know, loading up my own weed that just made me smile every time, but um, the emotional connection. mm -hmm. And so here's another quick picture that I think you'll find funny. There's no real guidance on what you, what happens if you move. Like I looked into it and we were moving. And so literally I just walked my plants out in the parking lot and put them in the back of our car. And <laughs> this is how I drove through a city and people were looking, they could see right into my car. Um, and I just had big ass pot plants. Um, What's shocking is a lot of people don't even know what it looks like. True. True. Right. They, some of them will have a double take. When we moved into this house, I was in the last three weeks of flower, two weeks of flower. And we had to rent a fucking U-Haul truck <laughs> to put them in the back of the U-Haul truck to move them over. Like, I don't know what would have happened if we would have gotten busted or whatever. There's no rule. There's no there's no guidance for me right. as a medical grower. Like, if I'm moving my house, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's, nothing, there's nothing there, guys. <laughs> like, so, so this is what I did. I'm sorry. And... And it was hilarious because that was how the next door neighbors met me. It was like just lugging in these gigantic. <laughs> uh, well, it, uh, 
flowering they, plants. They probably walked in. Well, at least we know our neighbors are cool. Right. Right. This is true. You know, hopefully they don't think I'm a drug dealer or whatever. Uh, yeah. The old, the old school, um, you know, if there's, if, if they're growing, they're, they're dealing um, kind of thing. I, I think that it would be awesome if I could. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't grow enough for myself. Like, like the, what, right. what I'm allowed to, it's not enough for me. I like, I, I could add another, you know, four ounces a week, doctor. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank we, you. But, thank you. So that's a interesting point. People have brought up, like we can, we can increase our allotment, but we can't increase our plant count. Like what the hell? So here's the, here's the fuzzy logic about all that. So if we're talking about a medical compound, a medicine, then what the hell is the law doing anywhere around the quantity? Right. Right. That's that. Like, like maybe they can have a ridiculous clause. Like if you have 20 pounds of weed at at one time, like, or, or something like that, like for, for your one person, then maybe that's crazy. I don't know. Make, make, make it ridiculous, you know? Yeah. That's how I see it. I think they tried to tie it down to some magical number that doesn't even make sense. If we're talking about medical, uh, the medical supply of something like, why are you, well, that makes no sense. Well, if I could try to take it a step further, like what is the health department doing? Like, think of like, what other instance in your life are you paying the health department to keep you out of jail? Yeah. Like think because so like when I needed to renew my card, right? The it was just in that I lucked out, and it was in that time where there was a transition from the old system to the new system, and I didn't know if my renewal went through. And I've got plants in the soil. Technically speaking, my card was expired. Everything was up in the air, and it was all reliant on the Department of Health whether or not I was going to be legal such a weird conundrum to be caught in. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. else would that happen? You know? I mean, the stigmatization of this, of this plant was heavy. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like to the point of even the lawmakers now are starting to feel weird about, wait, what are these laws? What, what's happening here? You can see the confusion starting to set it. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you I, know? I found the solo cup video. Well, let's go. Let's do it. So folks that are watching here is what I grew in a solo cup. Man, that's a good quarter. Hell yeah. There it is. Isn't that pretty cool. Now, how was it? Was it was it was it uh fuzzy? Was it dense? It was dense. I mean, it was it was a good eighth, you know. So nice. When it all dried up, it was just, just about an eighth and smoked just fine. So interesting. Total science experiment. Didn't even think that that was going to get that far, you know? Have fun with it. You can do five, folks. You can do five. Yeah. Uh, if you have a medical. If you don't, then, you know, just, just try it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? what I, I mean, what's... What's the worst that could, I mean, it, it, I about said, what's the worst that could happen? Actually, really bad things can happen. Oh. Folks get your medical card if you have the option. Yeah. And, you know, it's not hard. So 
and and it's such an amazing benefit. Like I, I, I had a I have a friend that I've been hounding um that smokes every day. It's like, why don't you have a medical card? Like what it makes zero sense at this point. You could be taking advantage um of growing. Right. Right. Well and you uh you don't even have a possession limit at home if you have a medical card, which is right. crazy. Yeah, I mean that you have a transport limit, but yeah. Sure. Yes, you, that. Thank you for clarifying that for folks that are listening. You do still have a transport limit, and it's listed on your card. But at home, the law technically reads: all amounts of cannabis over thirty grams must be secured. Which I've asked the state and lawyers, and they both agree. They've they've all agreed that that means for medical cannabis patients, there is no possession limit at home. We are known as a keep what you grow state. That's so nice. I love it. Yes. And so to your point, uh, we are lucky. There are other states that don't have the ability for medical cannabis patients to grow. Now, I'm still not happy with it, but I, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> the minute that it becomes easy to grow at home and it, it, it's not the boogeyman, it's not uh, the MSOs scared of us not buying enough of their weed. Uh, the minute that opens up, that whole economy explodes. It, it it triples what it is right now. It really does, because it allows the concept of micro craft to happen, and uh, it allows more growers to happen. Right, people people that get discovered. Growing good weeds not easy at all. Like it, it, to 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 get the championship stuff, though, those are some some pretty dedicated people. Yeah, um, I, I I'm 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 blown away by some of the stuff that I've I've seen so far uh, out here. But uh, the problem is finding talent now, right? Like uh, on all sorts of different levels. I was just talking to Brad, who was over. At, the, at my uh, house for the first time, um, showing the plants in person. And he was talking about how in, in Michigan, there's a lack of uh, grower talent, for example. Whereas here, everybody's waiting to get started on the craft level. So uh, there's a glut of talent waiting to get started, right? And it's hilarious to me that there would be any type of market opposition just right across the border. And, you know, we haven't even talked about, you know, Wisconsin or, or anything that's happening everywhere else now, you know. Uh, yeah. It's it's a rapidly, rapidly changing landscape. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I don't know if this is what, if I'm taking away what you were saying correctly or not. So feel free. It's something that I've talked about with uh, Scott Redman when he was asking me about home grow. He asked me if I if if he thought that it would be a, if I thought that it would be competition to like the licensed market, and I said no, it would supplement the licensed market, or sorry, it would home grow would supplement my legal options, right? So that I could save a little bit of fucking money, because here's the thing: like you grow some, and like you say, while you can't while you can't grow enough, you still like enough to sell. For example, you still grow enough 
to where you could get tired of a certain strain. Like, man, I've been smoking right. this for a month. So, exactly. So, so, right. You go to the dispensary, you get something to mix it up. I view legal uh, or sorry, home grow as a supplement to the dispensary. You go to the dispensary for variety. You do home grow to save some fucking money, you know, and have access. Yes. And, 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 and also to have access maybe to something that's not happening in the commercial market. Right. Right. Well, and like, so to it, your point, though, that, that's what I was about to wrap around to. I thought this was what you were going to say, and I'll let you take it from here. Uh, I feel like these companies, if they would just embrace home grow and even back it, they could pitch it as a talent acquisition thing. Boom. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's what that's what to me, that's what this is about, too. Right. Thank right. You. Like. I learned. A lot about how to grow this plant, because. I had attempted to do the bonsais from the beginning, right? And and that's how I was going to experiment with autoflower. Uh, and now it's a thing, you know, and I'm fucking in love. Now there's there, there's a potential that I even set up uh, a, a business around it or become a grower or or, 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 I, or I get acquired or hired by one of the uh, bigger folks to R&D the concept in for their big ass company right because they see it being an inevitable thing now too because whatever it's just gonna happen and to me to fight it at this point is what makes the agenda pretty clear which is it's just all delay of game while the money lines get drawn in your typical political soup of who's getting paid (laughs) So right. that shit can happen. You know what I mean? So on that side, it's ridiculous because look at what happened in this state uh, with the regulation that we had. Like some of the biggest companies in the country exist out of here. Right? Yeah. Big model companies. Stocks. So it stands the reason we should lead on this shit too right like we should really really hurry up on the social equity side of things like just stop the presses reset it and just go go hard if the governor's office really wants to hit a home run right now it's it's making that a priority um after after the energy that i saw at the cannabis event that's for sure yeah what do you think what do you think that looks like I think it's a set of executive actions, man. And and so be it. If 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 the regulated side of it had all these sorts of unintended consequences and, and all that and you know, they were careful about it then, then you know, maybe you shouldn't be so damn careful, just like, hey, we see what the problem that needs to get solved is. Um Write it out. Use ChatGPT, guys. <laughs> you know you got some help now. <laughs> like, like, come on, let's yeah. let's let's get it let's get it going. Because on on that side, the 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 benefits are obvious. Uh, the the generational shift on it, I, I think it's it's pretty much obliterated. Yeah, you you just brought up though, like one of the things that I feel like. 
let me just share this comic by Brian Box Brown, who's one of the best uh, cannabis people out there. He's been doing coverage of cannabis and he does comics, among other things that he does. I don't mean to just box him into one thing. Uh, no pun, pun intended on his name there. So I'll read this for our listeners. Uh, but for if you would like to watch, like I said, this is a vi- very visual episode. So chillinoy.net slash video, or there's a link in the podcast description. Uh, the Safe Banking Act, and this is an old comic, by the way, um, but it pretty much still applies, honestly. This the same debate is going on right now. Uh, the Safe Banking Act, which had been attached to the National Defense Bill, has been removed. So like I said, that's the old news. That was from the last legislative session. Uh, this would have allowed banks to work with cannabis businesses but not compel them to do so. This move is contentious among advocates, to say the least. Investors are sad, for sure. One of my, and this is where I brought up, and this is the the issue you just brought up. So this is, I love that he has put a laser beam on this. One of my concerns is losing momentum for legalization. The Netherlands has a um, hobbled together cannabis market riddled with major problems. And so for folks that don't know, it's illegal to grow weed and I believe illegal even to transport weed, but you can sell it legally in uh, the Netherlands. And so- They've lost the political will to fix it. The average person sees the cannabis issue as over. And I'm worried that we are there. That's where we are. I think we're at the foothills of the biggest opportunity that Illinois has seen in a long time. <laughs> Frankly, because all the, the all they need to do is arrive at a consensus and write some vague ass laws for us so we can build a bunch of billion dollar businesses around. So we're asking y'all to do that's right. it because, because Europe will do it first then. And then if this does become a globally transported floral market, like orchids or any of the other freaking huge ornamental, uh, uh global businesses, senators and, and, and governors out there that are listening to this podcast diligently, you, this is the opportunity. Right. And we're going to get our it. ass. This is what you're giving up. We're going to get our ass kicked if we don't allow the true spirit of competition to take place, which is the issue, I think, in Illinois cannabis. It's uh, many of, I've heard, many studied economists call it a state sponsored oligopoly. Um, and so that's why I kind of asked you what, what you felt the solution to social equity was. Because, my, in my opinion, that's the solution, you know, disbanding this limited license system, removing the criminalization of cannabis and, you know, thereby removing barriers of entry, you know, cannot disagree with that. Cannot disagree with that. Let me, uh, let me go figure out what's it. Check out the canine. No worries. No worries. All right. We're back. We had to make sure the canine wasn't detecting any enemies. (laughs) So that's good. That's good. Um, I hinted at this in the pitch that I gave um, um, at 1871. And, and I think that all the MSOs need to come together with a budget, right? Here's, here's a, here's a, a large, massive amount of cash, all of us together. Um, And, and here is the agency, solution problem solving group 
uh, that, you know, um, helps cement these things out. They could solve it with cash. Legit. What is every, every, every person talking about when it comes to what they're waiting for? Money. Right. Funding. Investments. They yeah. got it. They don't need to own them. This could be them giving back. From that perspective, stop using social equity and DNI as a as a, a a marketing point, and put your money where your mouth is, y'all. And and that's that's how I would do it. That would make us look really good as a as a state. Um, that's for sure. And it would make these companies shine. I mean, uh, if they're shining on Wall Street, then uh, stands a reason they should bring some of that shine back home. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, that was, you know, I, uh, I can already tell that, that we are best friends because of exactly what we're talking about. I'm curious, would you like, uh, because I, I feel like you were kind of starting on it organically saying it. And then I, you know, I jump in here, I jump in there, I jump in everywhere and we get into this nuanced conversation, which is great. I'm glad we did it. So again, thank you. But I just kind of wanted to give you the opportunity did you want to like just kind of lay out your pitch or are you even prepared to? I'm honestly just curious because I missed I missed your pitch. I was in uh I saw the 1937 groups pitch and some of the other craft cultivators or, or sorry, the other licensees. I don't mean to say they were all craft cultivators, but well it, it's the idea of using uh uh, a, a, a web three marketplace right where you're using an objects like nfts uh in, in a way to track provenance in a way to track uh you know secure things you would connect growers and you would connect gardeners on a local level that was all that leading up to how do we make decorative cannabis a category, right? How does that turn into a business so that I can sell my plants on the market? That's all. Um, and 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 really, it became. It's just become more of a. Uh, all right, I think I have to go more the participation and uh, political route, and I, and I love it. So I'm, I'm going down that route. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. What I want to have is a prototype to show people before anything else, because that that's what this is about. You know, I'm showing you the plants right now. I'm just distracting you with the plants. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's that's you know what I want to do, and and I think that I can find another hundred thousand to five hundred thousand people in the country that want to do that right now as well, and help their neighbors do that uh and that to me would create an american uh, an amazing network of of knowledge and data and uh it, it would it would give birth to a genre <laughs> it would give birth to you know a lot of things if we can connect the efforts of, of guys like manny of guys like uh of, of, of women like penny barthel just folks who just grow uh, amazing at home stuff for fun you know, versus like uh, uh, smoking or consuming it or even the medical side of things. And um, 
and another group I'd like to mention is is I want I want to go get this book to, to show you, uh, but sure. it's a Canadian group um, out of uh, I think it's suburbs of Toronto, uh, but they have this whole coffee table book about Canabonsai. Yeah, and I bought the first ever uh, uh, NFT that basically put a 3D plant on a blockchain. Uh, and it was one of theirs where they took like photogrammetry of the plant. And now I can import that plant into video games. I can import that plant into uh, uh, creative design, art, like, you know, videos, whatever I want. Uh, and if you think about that as a way to document award-winning plants, right? cool-looking grows, unique things, uh, then it adds that that whole uh, dimension, I think. So they, I was inspired by them. Um, but I, I'll get that book, uh, you know, when, when we're done, I'll show you that. But sure. If you want to grab it now, I can pause it. And, you know. okay, okay, yeah, let me go grab that. Cool. There we go. Yeah, boom. A book session. Actually, uh, I'll, go, I'll go through a couple of them, but... This is by uh, Jeff Lowenthal, the, 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 the botanist, senator, uh, politician, <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing, amazing human being. Uh, and, and you can see the language, right? You can see this is what we want to bring people to. This was this is a little book by uh, Kenneban Zaimani. Uh, follow him on Instagram. He's right now doing a whole new set. And these are all really beautiful coffee table things and he's got tips in here on how to do it too. Uh, another person that I love to follow is Penny Barthel. Uh, she does a lot of like, uh, you know, this is just cannabis as a gardener, like, you know, like, like in your backyard versus tomato type stuff. Like that's yeah. what this is. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful to see this and, and where it's going is insane. And then this, gigantic bible of bonsai wow cannabis. that's a fucking huge book hundreds of pages of it this is uh this canadian group uh and and i think they just call themselves the kind bonsai like an art of kind bonsai um with a z uh so look that up. You'll, you'll, you'll find it on Instagram, but like, this is absolutely gorgeous photography. It's just, just insane. and all these root tricks and, and, and things, they, they, what you learn from doing them is insane. But this, this, uh, this book just really just, just set me off. Uh, I thought the Instagram was cool, but when, I got the book and I was able to like just really look at the photos, you know, hard. It it just changed how I looked at this fucking thing. And I was I stopped being delicate with it. I started like snapping branches and twisting shit, looking for, you know, phenos that, you know, bent better and, and, and that kind of stuff and started the catalog now. Which ones smell good in a room, which ones you know, you know don't smell like bad breath for example which ones stretch well which ones grow in low light well all these things that we don't know um per se versus a cultivator of cannabis right 
Right. All this to discover. Yeah, I was just looking up. I can never remember who did the experiments with beans on uh, genetics. I always say it's Linnaeus and it's not Carl Linnaeus. So that's why I'm trying to Google it right now. Mendel. What was the guy's first name? His last name was Mendel. Damn it. Gregor Mendel. Boom. And so most people, I believe, I could be wrong, but most people are aware of his. What's that? You're teaching me something. Okay, so uh, most people are aware of his like genetic um, studies with regard to peas. At least that's what I was taught in like biology and stuff. This is how they taught us about um, genetics and like how genetics are plant passed on, not only through plants, but it was specifically they were. I think it was used as an analogy for like human genetics because one of the experiments we did like we went home and we like compared our like thumbnails to our parents thumbnails like is my thumbnail similar to yours do i have the same eye color as you you know what what eye colors do you have what eye colors do i have and we had that whole conversation right and so um most people know him for his studies with peas but i believe he also did studies with cannabis and so what i was about to say is you're like a modern day gregor mendel <laughs> no man brother mendel out of uh columbia missouri i don't know if he's still there is 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 the modern day mendel man like his his autoflower uh his strains are insane his his flowers genetics are insane um although i do appreciate that and i and i and i and i value it and i take it to heart actually i wanted to play my brother mendel as a grower but yeah. Uh, because that, that's what it's about. If we can, if we can start to to look at the plan in, in that way, it's gonna it's gonna change everything. Yeah. And since I said it, so I'm stoned, and it was hard for me to say it eloquently. Allow me to read um, from a website. Uh, Gregor Mendel, 1822 through 1884 was the grandfather of genetics. Most people know about Mendel's peas and his groundbreaking work on genetics and crossbreeding to produce the best plants. Mendel's theory was that each gene is paired and each trait comes from a separate parent. In this way, genetics can be tweaked to produce the best characteristics of each parent and ultimately to help produce the best plant possible. So I might be wrong honestly uh, maybe he didn't work with cannabis itself maybe it's simply the concepts that he developed with peas are being applied to cannabis do your own research folks we are high I'm, I'm, but i'm pretty sure he did work with with you know, see. Hemp at the time because i mean it was pretty pretty hot crop back then right yeah, you, I sure. swear I saw it on like a video or something that he did work with cannabis. And I remember thinking, why weren't we taught this in school? Oh, wait, I think I know why. Um, right. Yeah. Trying, trying to look for more information on it. But anyways, uh, just wanted to throw that compliment your way because it sounds like you're doing those sim- similar experience, experiments in your house right now. <laughs> so It's like I'm, I'm even looking at the leaves to see you know what the what the form is if it's a you know uh, tetraploid or if it's duploid if it's got the mutations that you want you got to look at everything 
um, when you're when you're breeding this stuff. And that's how they've gotten this, these autoflowers so insane, frankly, because they're just following simple rules, you know, set by uh, uh, these folks. And now that we can think and look at these things scientifically, we're like, you know, we're, we have the privilege of the people that came before us, you know? Yeah. Um, I wanted to, can you correct me if I'm wrong? Um, I wanted to just give a quick background on Ruderalis for folks that didn't know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard from like an OG grower, like you said earlier, that back in the day, they may have even looked at Ruderalis and autoflowering plants as a uh, mutation or, or a bad thing, and they would actually throw the plant out. But the criminalization of cannabis pushed people to be able to grow cannabis in shorter time periods and in smaller spaces, thus popularity of the autoflower. Is there any truth to that? Or have you heard the same thing? Um, I'm curious because it, it's possible. I just heard that in a smoke circle and I've accepted it. As well, fact. I mean, that's what's, <laughs> that's what's awesome about, that's what's awesome about, about cannabis, right? There's, there's a lot of floaty stories. Uh -huh. um, I heard, that it was a strain found up in you know the the, the uh like like the siberia area like right where the sun doesn't where go the down light, yeah that's right so the plant just figured out how to how to do what it needs to do and then uh traditional growers thought to splice that and and in the beginning they just tried to industrialize it, right? Like here, how do you, here's, how, here's a, a fast, uh, uh, you know, fast plant, but phenos are phenos, <laughs> you know, it's not going to grow the same everywhere else. And and, and that's for sure. Uh, a lot of people got kind of turned off by the idea of autoflower, right? But uh, where, where, where it is now, it's a, it's a whole different, whole different piece. But Ruderalis, yeah, it's a separate family that was then now, you know, mixed and bred with uh, uh, the cannabis sativa. So it should be a it should be a whole other denomination at this point. Which I event eventually I think now, especially now that you can do that, right? I I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of push towards uh, reclassification and. And new classifications and blah 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 uh, away yeah. from the the old school stuff it has to there's a lot more going on with these plants than than, than we think i think the the last time uh the last controversy i heard was like is it even fucking sativa and indigo yo <laughs> right you know at so, this point right people have asked right. i've heard that same thing because it's been crossbred so much is there anything that's truly an indica or sativa anymore well right now i'm crossing a very very uh, popular sativa uh old school from the 90s that i can't say the names because i'm bound by secrecy uh but it's got the the, the really thin leaves Right, right. It's really stretchy, uh, with a very popular Californian, you know, uh, tight buds, you mm -hmm. know, super snug uh, grower. That's that that has the same popularity, I think, of, 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 of that that bud had at this time. So, I'm looking for the 
freaks. I'm looking for the for the ones that don't have five leaves. I want the ones with nine. Right? Sure. <laughs> um, I, I want the buds that uh, uh, are, are are growing fat and sideways and fast. I'm looking for traits to make sense. And that's game is always going to exist because the plant will will never sit still. Like we can we can stabilize some genetics, and now we have, you know, all the uh, uh, all the bioengineering stuff that you know we, you can literally like steal somebody's genetics. Yeah, in, that, in a petri dish now. So that's what's interesting. Interesting part of the conversation about genetics is that you're focusing on the physical features, and I think that there's total validity to that because think about like like and that is going you're absolutely right that is going to be the next big thing like there's no doubt in my mind that it will be because you think about like people that grow any agricultural product in illinois what's funny uh some when people when people have proposed having like hemp farms around here some people will be like oh but then all the kids are gonna go and get the get the hemp and smoke it and i'm like guys you're all farmers right but you're all farmers you know that that's stupid that would be like nobody goes in your fields and just grabs the corn. It's not sweet corn. It's agricultural feed. Right. And the people that do that figure out pretty goddamn quick that that's not yep. what you do. Right. <laughs> so exactly. It's not for that. So that problem will solve itself. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, right. But, but anyways, I wanted to get back to that. I think there will be a, a market for knowing exact personally, if I could, because I have an issue at like almost every time I have a crop where, and I'm sure there's some grower right now, right now that's listening. It's going to be like, I know the answer to that. But whenever I grow all the same seed, some one plant might grow to be six feet tall. And then the other plant might grow to be two feet tall and three. So if you could give me like some, like, you know, act, like you say, whenever you buy seeds, you it's very seldom, sometimes it's accurate, but very seldom is it actually accurate? But, but again, we're all, we're talking about physical traits right now. And um, I want to continue the conversation with physical traits, but I think it is important to contrast that with how cannabis is marketed because they market these physical traits. And that's, what's very important. Like uh, cannabis indica, cannabis sativa, that's uh, binomial nomenclature genus species used to identify things based off of physical traits not off of how they make you feel right you don't eat a <laughs> right right so uh i just wanted to say that um not to necessarily get into that because we can if you want but i i'm kind of curious to hear what your perspectives are on you know what other physical features do you think might become popular so we've got the cannabis decorative plant which is what we've been talking about but do you think there's going to be any other like either very useful categories or niche categories, whatever. I'm just curious. It's, it's gotta be about the niche, right? So one thing that we haven't seen a lot of, uh, is, is variegated cannabis because what, what grower would ever let that happen is a commercial grower. What did you say? You know, what cannabis variegated, variegated where, where, where you got the, like the, the white and the, 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 it stops making chlorophyll, so you get these weird patterns in the in the leaves. Okay, right. Um, it's like a if you, it's like a deficiency or something. It's a mutation. Oh, a mutation. Okay. 
uh, and it happens like if you, uh, I mean, it, it, it could happen within the genome, but it happens typically like after you've been stretching a mother for a while, like it just starts to mutate, like, and it like yeah. give you weird looking leaves or whatever. My apologies but, for the, I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were talking about before you got into it. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I think that, uh, if, if we start to look at, uh, things that are suppressed because of, uh, they, they, they won't do well commercially. Right. So, so certain colors, uh, don't dry well, they'll look like poo or they'll look weird. Uh, like, uh, certain reds, um, uh, uh, if they dry Brown, they look, they, even though they're fresh, they look like they're old. Right. And, and that'll freak, they don't have the bag appeal. Right. So we can start to get away from that and maybe discover some colors that we haven't, uh, uh, seen yet or, or, mm -hmm. or, or we can experiment with because we don't have to worry about what is it dry like. Um, the other thing too is uh, just how to really hone in on on, on, on what a pheno is and, and that's how a certain plant grows in the environment that it's in, right? Uh, so, you know, your uh, black widow isn't going to grow the same in California as Alberta, Canada as Miami, Florida as the Netherlands, it's all going to have a variation on the environment that it's in, unless it's a tight home grow or unless I'm sorry, unless it's a tight indoor grow that follows the parameters and the SOPs of the person who, who made the original seed, right? Like grow it in these, in this humidity for this amount of time, um, you know, at this temperature, like really anal, <laughs> you know, all the way through, then yeah, you can express the pheno as close as the originator did. Otherwise, you're getting a local, you're getting a local version, <laughs> you know, um, or you're yeah. getting your local soils version of that, or your, the nutrients you put in expressed a different thing in it. Uh, the variance in availability in the soil expressed a different uh, 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 thing in the in the genome. It's just crazy what you're going to be able to see on that side if we just open it up to let's grow them small. Let's look at them uh, less from production to decorative. Uh, I think colors, I think uh, another thing I'd really like to see is, is you know, just leave variability and stretching, right? So we'll suppress thin leaves. Um, at least that's what I'm seeing because most of the new, uh, uh, strains are all fat, <laughs> fat leaves. They're giving you fucking 12 inch gigantic, you know, fan leaves. Uh, you know, they've got, they've honed them in, but where are the thin 11 leaves sativa ish things that you used to see in, in, in the old head pictures? Like, I want to see those again. Like how do we bring those back out? Uh, and and commercial won't allow that, right? Because they're looking for a certain thing. Uh, but releasing it to the decorative side of things will guarantee the expression of this fucking plan. Um, and 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 maybe gives us something uh, better than THC uh, hundred years from now, or 
uh, or maybe even just like 40 generations from now, because like you let some crazy grower who started at 20 now is going to have to fear the law no more. And, and, and instead of being obsessed with, uh, you know, uh, drawing sex music or something else, he's obsessed with like, you know, hunt for his whole life comes up with something that like, whoa, CBD infinity, like, you know, it, it cures blindness and like it makes right. you levitate, <laughs> spice melange, man. Let's go. Yeah. How are we going to get there if we don't let it, if we don't let it grow? So on that front, man, that's what I hope to, to inspire here. And, uh, it's also taking me on a journey I didn't expect, right? Uh, with the software side of things, which is where I, I, I made most of my money and time and, and managing musicians, and stuff which is over now for me. Uh, it, it's always about, you know, when you reach a revenue state, uh, when your product's working, but with like growing, man, I can go grow for anybody. And they'll compete for me now because I can do this. That's cool, dude. I've never had that in my life, dude. I've always had to like, you know, uh, create a product, you know, go through those things. Like I've, I've never arrived to something like a plant that people want to consume and love. Um, and, and there'd be a market for it. And I'm actually good at doing it. So it's exciting. That's more than it's exciting. I'm sure it's fulfilling. I mean, you kind of said that. I don't mean to say that you didn't say that, but uh, that's, yeah. I feel like exciting is uh, yeah, a really short way of putting it. Um, that's that's super cool, dude. And, um, cool. you know, even though we complained about the stupid rules earlier, it wouldn't happen without them, right? I mean, well, maybe, may, maybe would, but you'd have to be really quiet about it. We wouldn't be talking about it openly on a podcast right now, you know. Well, there need to be there need to be some rules for some things for sure, right? Like what? Uh, uh, I, I I think that it would be very important to make sure that my uh, miners don't get into my edibles. Sure. Right. Um, that my 16 year old experimenter doesn't have open access to <laughs> an unlimited amount of marijuana. Okay, right. cool. So, cool. So, like, gotta lock it up, gun laws, like, lock mm-hmm. it up. Say, cool. I, simple common sense thing, give it to, give them to me. Bring give it. them to me all day. Um, I, I'm, I'm with it, but let us grow. Thank let you. us grow, and you will absolutely, absolutely see uh, a, a boom like you've never seen um and and the first states to do it really to do it are going to have a culture that are going to lead the world on it so let's yeah. do it let's do it illinois let's chill <laughs> let's do it chill hell yeah hell yeah dude well i love i love the spirit of it i love that you happen to be walking around the halls of the cannabis innovation lab. I know that the next time I'm there, I'm sure I'll see you. It's hard for me to get up to Chicago, by the way. Um, but I had such a good time when I came up. Uh, I don't know how long you've, you said you've been pretty familiar and going to it for a while, but man, that was pretty cool. I love Chicago's entrepreneurial setup. Can you talk about it's, that for a little bit? Because I, I, since I haven't gone, I can't get share. I don't have a perspective to share. Tell, tell me about what your experience has been there. 
Well, I started all the way back when there wasn't an 1871, when there weren't a bunch of VCs, when there weren't all these tech competitions and pitches and stuff like that. And a couple of local entrepreneurs, pretty brilliant dudes like Troy Hennikoff, uh, uh, Sam Yegan, uh, and a couple of other folks got together to do Accelerate Labs. And it allowed tech entrepreneurs like myself who were making products like um, in-game advertising platforms for mobile video games to build a pitch in a team and show the industry what we were doing. Uh, and it capitulated in us giving a big old pitch at the House of Blues and uh, all the investors were there and it was really exciting, right? And the whole thing exploded after that, right? A bunch of accelerators showed up, then, then, then literally tech stars came in, then 1871 happened, then like uh, just all these big things came to support that the creation of technology in Illinois. So to see the Cannabis Innovation Lab makes me hopeful because I heard entrepreneurs with the same problems that we had back in the day. There's no access to capital. What's going on? Nobody gives a shit. They give us, everybody wants to like come and have a speak, but they don't want to write a check for us. You know what I mean? And over the course of a decade, now there's even a cottage industry on that side. So cannabis entrepreneurs don't give up and don't wait for the state to solve your problem. Solve them. Solve them and, and teach everybody else how to solve them when you do. But this ecosystem now, the VCs, the brands, the marketers, all of that ecosystem um, that taps into innovation and technology is now aware that cannabis is cool and then we got to work with these folks. So uh, dive in, you know, I, I say look into 1871 specifically. I mean, it, it's named after the fucking Chicago fire. This is about, if you're into cannabis, like, you know, fire, blaze it, like whatever, like let's go. <laughs> Um, and and network with what's happening there. The VCs have offices in those buildings. Uh, it's 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 pretty affordable to sit at one of these seats if you're actually trying to build a business for a little bit. You know, um, pretty sure you can get a Patreon to get for that for sure in an instant when they see the benefits. But. Yeah, that's that's it. That's 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 what I have to speak on it. Like what's coming. I think if you adhere to the entrepreneurial spirit and the entrepreneurial community and you actually like participate in these things and you get together, you network, you speak, you get out there. Don't leave it to the to your fingers. Like get out there face to face, right? Um and 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 meet up with folks that just want to find good opportunities and good people to make them happen. Uh, that's what that all is. Uh, it, it, it's how this model gets served and how it's held accountable. Um, the governor's office is attached to all that stuff. The mayor's office is attached to all that stuff. So the politicians are always trying to look good in these places. Northwestern, the, the universities in there, like 
check it out. Lots okay. to do there. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool while I was there. I mean, um, officials from the state of Illinois stopped by this was an event of course, but you know, like that was super It's always happening there. Like in, for, in what, in some capacity or another, if it isn't for cannabis, it's for AI, if it isn't for AI it's for black entrepreneurship, is it for black entrepreneurship, it's for Hispanic entrepreneurship, it's for that, it's for fucking whatever. It's yeah. always going to be a thing. And, and, and it was cannabis and it's going to be cannabis a few more times. It, it, from what I saw in that in that crowd, um, and the aftermath of that, and, and um, this conversations that are are beginning to happen around that now, like this one, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah, dude. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that that we didn't necessarily touch on, um, or any thoughts that kind of came up through our conversation? That I mean, man, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We've t- <laughs> we've covered a lot of bases. That's for sure. I figured we would. Uh, I I mean, I really want uh, to create like a dartboard of who do we need to talk to in the legislation in, in, in uh, on the political side, like right now, who do we need to go harass? Right. Who do we need to go send flowers to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one of the representatives that'll stand up for Homegrow, and that's uh, Representative Ammons from Urbana. I've even heard, and we're, we're trying to get her on the show, but I've even heard that uh, if she's confronted with a cannabis bill, she asks if Homegrow's on it. No, then I don't, I'm not supporting it. I will say there is another one that she's supporting right now uh, that we've talked about on the show. It was drafted by a defense attorney. Uh, that we actually interviewed on the show that would remove cannabis odor from the vehicle code. And she's a sponsor on that bill. She seems to sponsor things that actually are substantive reform. She actually uh, even filed, not a lot of people will talk about this, but she filed a competing measure to the CRTA. And I believe she filed it before the CRTA fun fact. It's called the cannabis equity bill. I believe it uh, called for unlimited licenses, home grow for all, um, you know, removal of all cannabis penalties, which is not something the CRTA even touched. The Cannabis Control Act of 1978 is still largely in effect. For the folks that don't know, that is the law that originally established the graduated set of penalties for cannabis. In other words, if you have more cannabis, that's how much trouble you get in. The more cannabis you have, the more trouble you get in, right? Um, It graduates. But to your point, this is actually a bill you showed me in the past. And I I feel like I cut you off, so I'll get us right back on track. You were asking, who do we need to talk to to get home grow? And one of the bills you showed me, I'm going to share my screen, is this home grow bill that was introduced last session. Surprise, surprise, Representative Ammons is uh, looks like the lead sponsor on this one. And it ultimately died in the last session. That was earlier this year. It doesn't seem to have been reintroduced, unfortunately. But I want to get back to your question. Who do we got to talk to to get this fucking thing going? Well, it sounds like she would be somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So start there. Well, um, and I wonder too, I wanted to bring this up, Josh. I've been bringing it up to other people. So you've heard that cannabis licensees are pushing for stuff right now, right? They need their canopy expanded and stuff like that so that they can get investors. I've just wondered why don't they, because it seems like like if you went to any dispensary right now and asked 
like let's say 10 people, I feel like they'd have no idea that this was even proposed. But if you paired those proposals with something like HomeGrow, I think you could get energy from consumers and then people would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, support Senate bill, blah, blah, blah. It'll give the craft growers what they need and it'll give me the right to grow at home. You know, like how do you get energy behind things? I feel like that's the way to do it. You know, pair the industry it, with the consumer. It sounds like, you know, Braveheart running in front of the troops. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like that. It, 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 I would go, I would go in after that one. Um, I think it's that simple. That was, that's a brilliant strategy. So that's executed via campaigns, right? Like I would say um, if craft growers could get together, right, uh, to, to send flowers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things could get interesting because I, it, it really is about that visual side of things. I mean, the 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 best part of any time I give this pitch uh, is when I bring out the the plant. And um, I, I did post a video of the, the, the AT seventy one pitch on my uh, on my Twitter. I'll I'll, uh, I'll link you to that. But the shock, just like anytime anybody walks into my house where they see the, the bonsai's live, the just the shock, the the absolute shock it's just enough that's all you need you know it's like wait what you can't this is what's the evil bad thing what grandma's will fucking murder over this thing like in 40 years orchids will be cool but the grandma's gonna be fighting over these things like yeah. hard hey i found <laughs> that video on on your twitter you want to watch it uh it's eight, it's eight, it's eight, how long is it? It's like four. It's five minutes. It's five minutes. Do you want me to go no, to a certain fine. moment? Yeah, we can. Or we, we can, can watch the whole thing. We can, we can do that. We can. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll pull can, it up. We can share. live comment. We can, it, it's pretty meta. Yeah. Tell me if you want me to like pause it and be like, I saw that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so I saw I'll, this before. <laughs> no, if you're like, oh, this person in the back, you can't see it in the video, but yeah. Anyways, I'm going to play it. Uh, here we go. the world's first decorative cannabis marketplace. So what is decorative cannabis? It's to be a missing category. Who is this funny man presenting it to you? Uh, so as I said, my name is Josh Hernandez. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, this would be the second time that I pitched in Chicago for uh, this kind of thing. I was part of the Accelerate Labs uh, cohort uh, under the company Tacme, and we did an in-game advertising platform. It was shortly after that, Kind of retired from tech and I went to go follow music management. And then, like many of you, my life changed when the pandemic came. Um, I was grounded from doing world tours and doing releases and doing stuff. And uh, I needed to pick up a hobby and sourdough didn't do it for me, uh, for real. And then I came upon just people bonsaiing and making this thing beautiful and saw the opportunity that we had, right? So we look at the global industry, it's 250 million uh, in 2021, that's what Jack GPT told me. Okay, we're go with that. We're estimating that about 10 billion of that is houseplant revenue, and this parasite right here captured 5 billion of that market in 2021. So, did I, do I need to be more obvious? 
Here, <laughs> got my like $31 billion. Somebody said 35 now, I have the numbers in me. So I'm gonna estimate a good three billion is ours, let's take that, right? <laughs> let's actually introduce this missing category of decorative hemp, of decorative cannabis, right? Where you've got like seeds that are gonna be bred specifically for this that nobody's ever seen before. We can offer multi-stage versions of this. We can do this in the forest, we can help normalize what this is, not via just the medicine and all the amazing applications on that side, but because it's free. And you don't even need to smoke this to grow it. And we need to take our place. You know I wanted to pause this because it confirms what I said earlier. Uh, the uh, cannabis Crocs, the cannabis jacket. I guess I remembered wrong. You didn't have cannabis pants, but <laughs> I just wanted to. Anyways, I'll keep playing the video. Next to. I can see why you went there, though. Yep. <laughs> the markets. We need to make sure that we can. Oh, come on. We're buffering. There we go. You could hear an audible. Oh. At the end of the day, this is just a very and if you're going to tell me that we can't figure out how to do this on a local level, we're training new growers, we're opening up a whole, whole new category of what this can be. But we can't have it. <laughs> right. I didn't even follow the 1871 rules. Why? Because I'm an entrepreneur and I break them. <laughs> right, new ones because we got an MVP and the MVP is we need to create this pipeline, right? We need to actually bring the idea that every medical patient can grow five plants. So let's make that happen at any level possible, right? If it's house plants, house hemp, we can go there. Lots of stuff going on here. So our product right now connects growers to gardens. If you are a medical patient, you can register a garden with us. And if you're a grower, you can come here and grow with us. And we'll connect you to these folks and get them started as caretakers. So what are we smoking? This is an old slide deck. Gandhi, I'm gonna do this. was supposed to be a joke, but I'm actually not asking for money. Um, it was just part of it. But we're looking for web-free-friendly angel investors. We're looking for category-curious R&D budgets. We're looking for people who actually wanna break into this market because we need to start a consortium right here in Chicago, right? We need to actually like get together as an industry, we'll get the Crescos, we'll get the Curalees, we'll get World Business Chicago, and we will figure out how to bring actual decorative cannabis to the market. That's the ask. Start a new category. How innovative is that? Who's going to join me on that? My number's down there, email's there. Uh, there was a Another thing, but this is another company. And that company's <laughs> dope as hell, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So that was really cool. I'm glad we watched that. Um, I just have to say, you could hear the audible. Oh, you're muted. You're muted, man. Um, you could hear the audible, like uh, people saying that they could smell it. You know, people were like blown away to see it. That was super cool. Oh, yeah. The shock and awe um every fucking time it's 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 a classic now for me uh and and i hope 
I hope that we get to have bigger conversations around it. Not not because I'm trying to set up a, a, a startup around it, but but I, I really mean we got to get politicians and the stakeholders of uh, these companies together in a room. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the kind of forum to trick them into. It's like, hey, come and do a little roundtable podcast about, like, you know, like, um, you know, homegrown and stuff. And then you don't tell them who the other guests are, and then it's like everybody who's important. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'd help. I'd help coordinate that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I will. I will say that I have interviewed, or I have formally invited uh, most of the people that uh, are responsible for cannabis policies. So maybe we can make that happen, uh, including Kelly Cassidy, uh, Bob Morgan, who actually did accept my uh, invitation, uh, but he did ask that we that I follow up just about this time because this is the end of session. Uh, since he's a busy guy, um, so he asked that I, I follow up you know, after sessions. So I will be doing that and hopefully uh, I'll, I'll follow up with representative Cassidy and representative Ammons and all of these other names, LaShawn Ford that we see on these cannabis bills, because I truly think that we could get energy behind these industry proposals, which is frankly, most of them right now, uh, we could get energy behind them from normal people buy-in from normal people. If we actually paired those proposals that would benefit normal people. And I, I propose doing that through what I call the actual criminalization or sorry, the actual legalization of cannabis. Um, you know, when you think of something as being legal, you think, well, I can buy it from a store. I can grow it at my home. I can give it to my neighbors, whatever, you know, right. It's legal. Right. It's, it's, it's like cucumbers. Can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. So dude, I'm so glad that somebody recorded that moment. Cause that's cool stuff to see the whole room. It went from, and don't take this the wrong way. I think you felt it in the room. It goes from, okay, this is a pitch. He's trying to hook me. He's trying to hook me hook, line and sinker. When you brought those fucking plants out, dude. I am, <laughs> you know, that's how it works every time. Track them with the girls. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but that's the key. I think that if, if we, the empathy side of things is, is fantastic. Like medical, uh, uh, pushed us towards a whole new horizon, right? But we've got it. The properties of the plant are incredible. But we've yet to discover like literally half of them. Uh, so let us grow it and figure out what's yet to unlock, man. That's all we ask. That's right. That's right. And if I could... Um... I thought I had it pulled up. We looked at it earlier. I think this is a good way to cap off our entire conversation. I like to bring this up as much as possible. Uh, the first few sentences from the CRTA. To prove our point, it's from the law that passed, right? And I know that part of what we're saying is that the law didn't go far enough, but let's talk about the first few sentences. In the interest of allowing law enforcement to focus on violent property crimes, the General Assembly finds and declares that the use of cannabis should be legal for persons 21 years of age older and should be taxed in a manner similar to alcohol. Further, the General Assembly finds and declares that cannabis should be regulated in a manner similar to alcohol. Okay, let's do it. Yep. 
I can grow alcohol right now if I want to. I mean, seriously, you could, <laughs> you could, you can home brew, you know, so grow it all. Right. All I want. So mm-hmm. anyways, man. well, it's been a good chat. Uh, we, we showed your Twitter here. I can pull it back up. Did you want to plug anything else before I go? We're good, man. I can't wait to have more conversations with you. Um, if cool. you are into decentralization technology, uh, uh, you know, not financial stuff. Uh, don't think about it from that perspective. Uh, if you're into intellectual property controls and stuff like that, go check out my Twitter. And then I have separate, uh, a separate uh, uh, feed for the growth stuff. Even though I do share a lot of weed pictures on my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter's cool. You can follow my Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Your Twitter's cool. Well, um, folks, hope you found as much value in this episode as I did. Josh, I just want to say right back at you, man. I look forward to continuing conversations with you. And uh, folks, we'll see you on the next episode of the Chillin' Podcast. Take care.